Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, on today's show, I want to revisit the, the growing and alarming issue of high school officials, referees, and umpires who are just basically dropping off and bigger and bigger numbers with each passing year. I have to tell you, we're now at a crisis level, especially with high school football referees. Just more and more difficult to find and keep game officials. And why are the drop-off? Well, by all accounts... And by the way, this is a national concern, not just around here. It's all because of -of out-of-control sports parents who attend their kids' games. That's the reason we have such a drop-off of the refs. No one wants to be verbally abused and, in some cases, physically attacked by some obnoxious sports parent who is watching his kid in the game. Now, this past week, I spoke at the Westchester County Football Officials Association, I had a wonderful time with those distinguished and dedicated gentlemen, but to be honest, every ref I spoke to, every one, told me that it's never been more difficult to work high school football games for the reasons I just outlined. And because of that, it's even harder to attract and keep new members into the ranks. Now, as I mentioned, this is a national concern, a real epidemic. Let me read you some some very recent headlines from just the last few weeks from across the country, and this is all thanks to our our good friend Doug Abrams out at the University of Missouri School of Law, who searches the internet to find sports parenting articles of interest. Now again, these are just recent headlines, and you'll see what I mean. First one, abuse causes shortage of high school football game officials. That comes from Texas. This next one is from Chicago. Referees quitting at record rate because of abuse from parents, players, and coaches. Third one is from Associated Press. Abuse causes shortage of high school football game officials. From Pittsburgh, shortage of those in stripes is officially a problem in high school sports. And from Harvard University, a 2017 study reveals that 80%, 80% of the refs who joined the ranks quit within two years. Why? The reason they point to is having to deal with angry and obnoxious sports parents. Okay. You get the point. So on this morning's show, the time has finally come to address this issue and to try and come up with some workable solutions. Why? (laughs) Friends, and you already know this, but it really bears repeating, if there are no refs, if there are no umpires, if there are no game officials, well, there are no games. It's as simple as that. If you want to see your son or daughter play in sports in high school, 
if the refs and officials aren't there, there's no game. Yet for some bizarre reason, for some bizarre reason, sports parents seem to forget that simple reality. one 337 Now, I'm going to outline some suggestions, and I'm looking for suggestions from you as well. Maybe these are too harsh, <laughs> but you know what? These, these suggestions, solutions are no more harsh than, than what sports parents do to officials every week. For example, some years ago, there used to be situations, particularly in Florida, where there was a real epidemic of, of sports parents being out of control, that parents had to, go, had to go basically and do a mandatory seminar. They had to attend a mandatory seminar before the season if they wanted to watch their kids play in the games. If you did not go to the seminar, then the parent was not allowed to go and watch any of the games. Of course, we're going to talk about zero tolerance. I still am a firm believer in zero tolerance. I think that's crucially important in all this. Uh, you know, there's other suggestion I've heard about perhaps making making the coaches responsible for the parental behavior at the games. Uh, see if that would stop parents from being out of control. I mean, we've got some real concerns here, friends. Let's talk about this, and let's start our conversation this morning. Let's start with... Uh, with Chris over in Richfield. Chris, good morning. You're on the fan. Chris, yeah, uh, hello? Yes, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm a sports official. I'm an assigner uh, in New York and New Jersey. And yep. um, I just, we, we've done a good thing in lacrosse where we've called the coaches to be accountable for the parents. Uh-huh. If a parent has an issue... Um, we will stop the game, give them a warning. The next time, we're supposed to penalize the team, but we really don't want to penalize the team, so we ask the parents to leave, and it's been working pretty good. Well, Chris, I will tell you that I'm a big advocate of that kind of zero tolerance uh, because I've seen it work particularly well in ice hockey games, and I'm sure it works in lacrosse or, or football as well, and that is the ref has the power to stop the game any time and say, okay, we're just going to stop play here until that uh, obnoxious individual is escorted away from the game. It does work. A lot of refs are uh, you know, somehow maybe uh, concerned not to do that, but I do think we're at a crisis point where it has to be done. Now, let me ask you this, Chris. Are you suggesting also that, that I hear you right, that you have the, the, the coaches are responsible for the uh, the parents on their sidelines? Yes. Before the game, we come, we bring both teams together and we talk to both of them and say the responsibilities of the coaches and the players and that the parents that, they're, that are there, they are responsible for them. So. Do, you, do you tell the coaches that if you have somebody out of control – who's one of the parents, that you, the coach, are responsible for their behavior? Absolutely. And does that work? Yes. Interesting stuff, because as I said, I, I the, the question a bit for me on that particular approach, uh, and Chris, you obviously are uh, you know a sports official, is that now the coach, who is obviously focused on the game action, focused, and rightly so, on the, uh, the kids who are playing, uh, you know, all of a sudden now they have a responsibility to take care of some parent who was obviously not happy with the call or not happy with how the officials officiating is going on. I don't, to me, as a, as a former coach, I would find that a little bit of an extra responsibility I don't want to deal with. But you say that does work? Yes, it does. I mean, I was also a former coach, too. I mean, I coached my kids through youth, youth sports, so I know if I have a parent that's like that, I will ask them to leave myself. So, um, it's just, we, we have... A lot of times the problem comes from the coaches themselves questioning the officials on the field. Right or wrong, it elevates into the stands and into the parents. And ah, 
I mean, we've had we've had instances where the coach comes back late and goes, "Yeah, I'm sorry, really, that really wasn't a penalty, my my fault." But it doesn't count because you're telling me one one on one. Meanwhile, the parent up in the stands is still fired up. Yes, no, I think that's that the psychology, the ripple effect. Uh, yeah, the coaches are obviously uh, you know the, all the parents up in the stands are focused on the on the coach's behavior, and if the coach coaches the having a fit or a tantrum with an official. If, if five or ten minutes later the coach says to the ref during a timeout, "Yeah, I guess uh, you know, I guess I, um, I guess you're right about that call." The problem is that the fuse has already been lit. The parents are already up in the stands saying, "Yeah, the coach is angry at the co- at the ref, so we should be as well." That's a real concern. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and it ruins the game. I mean, the parents ruin the game. They're, they're they're yelling at the official. They might be yelling at the coaches. They're yelling at the kids, and and just it just ruins the whole experience. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I referee or assign a, a kids flag league, and one of the main reasons I'm there is not because of the, the officiating; it's to keep the coaches at bay. <laughs> and it's it's, ridiculous. it's sad. It but, is sad, Chris, because as I said before, we all know this: if, if there there aren't enough officials to go around for all these games, uh, they're just not going to happen. And that's the, some that's the sad part that the the kids end up being the victims because the parents have basically ruined it for them because they a few bad apples on the sidelines don't know when to keep their mouth shut or to just uh, to walk away. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for the call. I very much appreciate it. Okay, you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and you know, we're talking about finding solutions. And Chris had interesting thoughts there uh, about obviously zero tolerance, which, as you know, I think is a real good idea. And obviously, the idea of having the coaches be responsible for the parents on the sidelines that could be tough if there are a lot of people at the game uh, and there's, uh, you know, you're trying to focus on the uh, your players and the strategy. But something to consider. All right, let me let me take a pause here. Obviously, when we come back, I'll go right back to your calls at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We have to do something to stem the tide of all these sports officials leaving the ranks. We have to do something, and we got to do it now. All right, Seth Kanner has your update. When I return, as I mentioned, I go right back to your calls. Stay with me. Welcome back to the Sports Edge, everyone. We're talking this morning about the crisis level of high school and and youth level coach uh, officials, referees, umpires. They're dropping off because they don't want to basically be abused by the sports parents who go to the games. You know, there used to be something that I call a wall of civility that existed in, in amateur sports, uh, which was something this wall was between the coaches and the parents and the officials and refs who worked the games. Now, everybody knows that, but somehow there are still those parents out there today who don't seem to comprehend that there should be this, this wall that separates everybody from the, the folks in the stands. That Somehow the, these parents feel they are, for lack of a better word, they're entitled to be as verbally abusive towards the refs as they want. Maybe they feel entitled to yell and scream whatever they want because when they go to the Jets or Giants games, they do that there, and they feel they have the same kind of entitlement at their kids' games. But we all know this kind of behavior, this obnoxious behavior, is not to be tolerated. My concern is, again, 25, 30 years ago, these kind of outbursts didn't happen. 
that the wall of civility you know existed then, but it doesn't exist anymore. It's just been torn down by angry and, and obnoxious, out of control parents. And that's what we're talking about this morning. We're looking we're looking for solutions. We had some pretty good thoughts the, in the first segment. Let's go back to our callers, as promised. Let's go over to uh, let's go to Anthony in uh, in Yorktown Heights. Anthony, you're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. I'm a high school varsity basketball official in Westchester County. I've been doing it for about 25 seasons. Okay. Uh, first thing is, without us, it's pickup. I don't know if people realize that. <laughs> they don't. That's the problem. There's, if there's no referees, no officials, it is a pickup game. They don't seem I, to understand. There's a national that. shortage. The average age of a high school boys varsity basketball official nationally is 57. We are trying to deal with it, with recruitment, with having classes in high school. And the sweet spot's three years. If you can get an official to last for three years, he'll stay or she'll stay. But it's hard to get to that three years. Uh, I don't think what people realize, we go through a lot of professional development, six, seven meetings a year, videos. Uh, I think one of the problems is, as you mentioned, we get held to a professional standard. We get held to a replay standard, and it's just not that way. We love the game. Obviously, we do it for the money, but 99% of us played the game. We know the game. The coaches know we know the game. The ignorance of the parents is stunning. The things that they yell at you just make you shake your head, and they have their children playing these games. It really is something to see. Right now we're in scrimmage season. You can't believe the things they're yelling during six-quarter, ten-minute running time scrimmages. You just shake your head. And it's the social contract that has broken down. They think they can yell. At least you have ADs and people you can turn to in game administration in the high school setting. You go to the travel level, you know, the AAU level, it's unleashed. I had a fourth-grade AAU game last spring that I had to stop the game and talk to the parents. I said, listen, I just worked a game in the county center about two weeks ago in front of 3,000 people. I can handle this fourth-grade game. Anthony, uh, again, uh, like the earlier caller, Chris, you've really hit the nail on the head. I mean, the fact is that the the word you use, the phrase is social contract. I call it the wall of civility. Uh, My feeling is this, and I think this is basically echoing your sentiments, that with the advent of travel and club teams, the parents now say to themselves, well, you know, my kid, if my kid's going to have a chance at all to become a star in high school or perhaps get a college scholarship, or I'm already spending thousands of dollars to have my kid on a travel program, and some referee or, or official umpire starts to make some bad calls that affect my kid's performance of that day, I feel that I have every right to basically intervene and to get in the referee's face. Now, of course, that is not the way it's supposed to be. And quite frankly, as you said, a lot of parents don't know the rules, never played the sport. Uh, most of them will, don't know the infield fly rule in baseball. They don't know the offside rule in soccer. They don't know what the, the latest rules are with charging. Uh, Locked uh, yeah. I mean, in, in basketball. <laughs> so it's not going to stop them. They don't care. They just feel that you, they're going to they're gonna basically f- focus all of their wrath on you, the official. As you said, right. you're working a fourth-grade AAU basketball game. I mean, I, I, it's nuts. I, I would like to see, for example, because I don't think the parents understand that the people wearing the black-and-white shirt with the whistle, that these are real human beings. Um, I almost like to have the referees go around and, and, and basically go to high school programs uh, during the preseason and meet with the parents and say, look, let me explain to you what we do, how we work the games, uh, just to basically you know, get the parents to understand these are real human beings out there working. There is no instant replay in high school. 
you know, bad calls sometimes happen, but you move on. That's how we were trained when we grew up, but for some reason that mentality doesn't seem to exist anymore. Last thing is it's Thanksgiving week. You know, I don't want to get too all kumbaya on people, but you're at a game, you're watching your healthy child play, you're in America all at the same time. So things aren't that bad. A lot of people don't have that option. So. Anthony, that's, that's a very nice sentiment, and, uh, you know, I, I wish people took that to heart because you're absolutely right. I mean, at the end of the day, you're out there watching uh, your healthy son or daughter participate and compete, and in the long run, that's all that matters. The referees are there to call a very straightforward game, and as you just pointed out before, you guys spend a lot of time training. You're not in this to make a lot of money because you don't get paid a lot. Uh, for some reason, we just can't. We have to somehow turn the clock back to those more civil times where the referees uh, were, quite frankly, respected, and are meant to be respected by the, the people in the, in, the, in the stands. It's as simple as that. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate the call. Good points. Let's move on. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Gary. Gary in Colts Neck, New Jersey. Gary, you're next up on the fan. Rick, good morning. Yes, Great sir. Great topic. Great topic. Uh, so here's what I would think. I think it's pretty simple to fix. Um, I think before the games even start, practices start, Yep. I think the parents and the coaches and the child need to sign a contract saying that if my father, mother, yell, blah, 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 whatever gets thrown out of a game or just nasty languages, whatever, unfortunately, the kid has to go. Because you know what? That's the only way you're going to treat this whole thing because they're a bunch of animals, people in general. I don't know. These kids are going nowhere if you let them play the game they love without the parents. These kids will go a lot further in life. That's the problem. The rejection is a problem. The worst ride is the car ride home. So at the end of the day, they got to sign a contract. Gary, let me let me stop you there, uh, and, and I hear you. I, I I have to tell you, I do think the the zero tolerance approach with parents uh, is effective. As I said before, it does work. I've seen it work, uh, and you're basically ba- you know getting rid of the bad element who of these parents who go to the games and feel they can get away shouting whatever they want. I'm not so sure that's fair to do that to the kids. Uh, because, you know, the kids didn't pick their parents. Um, and I, I think that's a little harsh, but I do believe if a parent, let me go on and say this, if a parent is kicked out of a game, whether it's a football game or basketball across the might be, if that parent is asked to leave because they've been obnoxious, I do believe that they should be banished for the rest of the season, not just that one game, but for every game that from that point on, because we really want to drive home the point, and this is where the uh, the, the high school athletic director uh, can really step up and say, no, we don't give second chances. Presumably, if you come to watch your kid play, presumably you are a functioning adult. And if you're an adult, then you should know how to behave in a social setting like, like a high school sports game or a travel game. So if you basically abuse that privilege... Then, then you, you basically are saying, you know, we're, we're getting rid of you, as simple as that. And you were gone not just for that game, but for the rest of the season. Now, I, I still feel strong, as I said. I don't think that should extend to the kid. The kid didn't do anything to, to uh, foster the, the parent's behavior. But I think most parents love uh, going to watch their kids play. Kids only play sports for a limited number of years in high school or travel, whatever it might be. So if you're saying to them, 
I'm sorry, you have now basically, uh, you know, uh, gone away with that. that. Then it's as simple as that. I mean, you just haven't, you've given up that privilege, and that's what it is. It's the same way it's a privilege for your son or daughter to be a, on a sports team. You have now sacrificed the privilege to watch them uh, participate and compete, and it's as simple as that. All right, let me take another break. When I return, we have a lot more to cover on this topic and a lot more calls. Uh, stay with me. I'll be back at one eight seven seven three three seven. 6666. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. We're talking this morning about the the crisis in terms of the dropping numbers of officials, referees, and umpires at our kids' games. It's really at epic proportions, and we have to do something to basically stem the tide. We have to do something, quite frankly, to educate the moms and dads who go to the kids' games and are just so verbally abusive and sometimes physically abusive uh, towards the officials. It has to stop, as somebody called earlier and said, you know, if we don't do this and there are no officials at the kids' games, then all we have then are just basically pickup games. And that's the truth. Without the officials, without the refs, without the umpires, we don't have any real legitimate games. It's as simple as that. Now, before I get back to the call, just a couple of quick notes. First of all, I always ask you to check out our the website at AskCoachWolf.com and also go to the YouTube channel where you can find my, uh, my thoughts and comments at AskCoachWolf. Uh, there's an excellent interview that uh, our friend uh, Steve Callis did with me that is running in the westchestercountypost.com. Uh, it's uh, it's really worth taking a look. And Steve did a terrific job. It's uh, You go to uh, westchestercountypost.com and check out Spotlight on Sports. Uh, our friend Jack Smithlin is doing a sports parenting presentation on December 4th. Uh, over in Farallon, New Jersey, at the Farallon Community Center. Uh, Jack starts at 7 p.m. Proceeds go to the Farallon uh, Sunrise Rotary Club. It's uh, $20 admission for adults, $10 for youngsters. Uh, again, that's December 4th at the Farallon uh, Community Center with the proceeds going to the Sunrise Rotary Club. Uh, let me give you a contact number if you want more info. It's 201 693 2557. 201-693-2557. Okay, let's get back to our calls. Let's go next to uh, to Vince over in Homedale, New Jersey. Vince, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. How are you? I'm good, Vince. So uh, tell me your thoughts about, about these various proposals. What can we do to stem the tide with crazy parents? Well, I think I am a baseball official, umpire, whatever you want to call it. Yep. What I've found is the most important thing in the entire game is the meeting at home plate between the coaches and the umpires. It's where you lay out the rules of the game, you go over the ground rules, etc. And what we do at the end of going through all the rules, because obviously a 10U baseball game is different than a 17U baseball game. Of course. The age groups. Sure. We lay it all out, and then at the very end, we tell each coach, you're responsible for policing your parents. If you start to have a parent get out of hand, you're going to be thrown out of the game if you don't get them under control. 
Let me you stop would you be right surprised. There. You're gonna, you tell me that. So you're saying, we talked about this earlier in the show, that the coach is responsible for the parent's behavior. And what you're saying, Vince, is that if there is an obnoxious parent, it's the coach, the head coach, gets tossed from the game. Correct. What we do is warn them that if they don't get them under control, yep. they will be ejected from the game. Does that you work? You would be surprised. Yes, you would be surprised how much they police themselves then. <laughs> the whole point is to keep yourself out of that con as the referee, as the official, as yeah. the umpire. Yeah, yeah. The point is to keep yourself out of any confrontation. The way to do that is to make them police themselves. And you would be surprised. Oftentimes, again, example, as you go through the rules at home plate, you may agree that in a ten U game there is no infield fly rule. Yeah. Or the kids who are first learning, when they make their first jump to the 60-90 field, the pitchers, you may give one warning per pitcher for a balk instead of immediately calling the balk. Right. The coaches and the umpires, we agree on this beforehand. The pro Part of the problem is the parents don't know what's agreed on at home plate beforehand. Uh, of course. I'm just going to ask you, you about that. So they don't know. You have a, they don't know. You have a kid balk. Parents start screaming. People start going crazy, but they don't know that it's a warning first. It's not the umpire's job to engage that then. The parent, the coaches then turn around, and we've seen this happen. They scream at their own parents, shut up, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> hey, Vince, that is, that is a novel and, and uh, a different kind of approach, to be sure. And, and uh, hey, thank you for, for making that suggestion today. I, I sort of like the fact that we're turning it back on the parents because, let's face it, the coaches are also parents as well. And as you said, it's the, the coach telling the parents, you don't know what the rules are, you don't know what we agreed upon before the game. Hey, Vince, thanks very much for that call. I very much appreciate it. No problem, Rick. Have a good day. You too. Thank you, Vince. That, that is an interesting and novel approach, and I think it's, it really sort of bears some serious consideration. Again, a little radical, but you know what? We're at a point now where we do need some, you know, some radical solutions. Let's move on. Hey, let's go to our friend Jack Smithlin, speaking of uh, sports parenting seminars. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Well, thank you, Rick, and, and thank you for that announcement. That was very nice of you. Sure. Um... You know, it, it's funny because getting back to your last caller, there's one there's one thing you got to think about with allowing you know his solution. Um, now you have an irate parent in the stands that is against the coach, feels the coach is not playing their child enough, not being fair to their child, and has been going at the coach the whole season. Now he acts out on purpose so that he knows that the coach gets thrown out. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, to every solution, there's a, there's a flaw. And, you know, one of your other callers talked about getting rid of the kid, okay? If the yes. kid, if your parents are acting up, you can never do that. Would they ever, if a kid gets thrown out of the game, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's say a kid is in a, in a, in a fight or, you know, confrontation with the referee or the umpire, and he gets removed to the game. Then they go into the stands and remove the parents, too? Yeah, yeah, all right, well, you're done, too. Your son's done. You, you know, they're all pretty good solutions. At Fairlawn and in the NJSIAA in New Jersey, yeah. what they do for state and tournament games is they send a school rep, an administrator, as their crowd control. I mean... 
at the high school level in regular league games, they should do something very similar to that. They, they hire umpires, they hire official scorers. Now, you know, in every school in New Jersey, that I'm, uh, I'm almost positive of this, there's a policeman in the school every single day because mm-hmm. of the crazy world that we live in, the violence that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about, you know, in the stands at the pro games and the kids watch these people go crazy in the stands. The one thing that we hardly ever notice is that the whole field is surrounded by policemen. Yes. You know, I mean, so you can't get out and you, and what these people say are, are confronted. But what we need to do, I mean, and this is a possible solution, what we need to do is at rec games and youth games at the beginning of the season, just like they do in high school, every team has a parent meeting. And the parent meeting is all about the behavior, going over the rules like your last caller. Let them know, you know, we're not following this rule in baseball or that rule to prepare the people. But always have somebody there. I mean, you know, hire a policeman at, at the game, you know. And it's, it, it's, it's such a tough tough situation because people in the stands like you talked about before people in the stands don't know the game but on the other side of that there are people there that think they know more than everybody else too because they played the game yeah so it's it's a crazy situation but like Fairlawn did and or i'm sorry like the nnj uh, njsiaa does have somebody of authority there that will go into the stands and well, they have the right to remove people. If not, call the police. Jack, but I, people I, have I, to understand. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I I, uh, I agree with one hundred percent that that certainly there, uh, particularly at, at uh, any big gathering where there's a potential for uh, obnoxious parents, football, hockey games, lacrosse, whatever, there should be, the school definitely has to have somebody of authority whose main responsibility is to watch over the crowd and to intervene immediately if there's anybody or any any kid, for that matter, who's out of control. And certainly police presence... Police presence, yeah, unfortunately, that's that's become more and more of a mandatory situation. I mean, these are all these are all extreme ideas, but as you said, and I agree, this is where we are today. It's as simple as that, you know. One other thing, Rick, that yeah. parents have to understand, and and they don't because every time, usually, you know, when a parent acts out, it's usually when a, it's a bad call against your team, or ninety five percent of the time against their child they also have to understand this and this is something that i will speak at briefly but it should be at length at uh, at my symposium at the lecture but parents have to understand the damage they do to their children all right they're out there for their children supporting their children arguing for their children arguing for their children's teams but think of the damage it does, especially to the young ones. Think of the damage it does to those kids. My I, father got thrown out of a game, you know. I mean, yeah. come on, parents. Start thinking. <laughs> uh, Jack, amen. I, I hear you loud and clear. And, again, that's another uh, side issue that parents just don't uh, seem to to understand. Hey, Jack, thank you again. Never, uh, let me, okay. uh, i got to jump to a break, but thank you again. We'll talk no to problem. you again real soon. Thank you again, Rick. Thanks, Thank Jack. And and that is a good point that 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 uh, Jack makes. That you know, if you your kid is watching all this from the field, and if you're the one that's being escorted away from the game because you're out of control, uh, you know what kind of message does that send to your youngster and to your youngster and their peer group and so on and so forth. Goodness gracious! As I said before, 
you are the adult. You have to act like an adult. You have to be the grown-up there. We all want our kids to do well. We all want our kids to succeed. But sometimes you just got to you know, basically zip your lips and just say, that's the way it goes. Sometimes the calls don't go our way, but that's what it's all about when it comes to sports. All right, let me, let me take another pause again. Uh, after Seth's update, I will return. We'll get right back to your calls. Stay with me. And let's get back to our next uh, caller. Uh, let's go to Joe in Westchester County. Joe, uh, thanks for your patience. Uh, you're you're on the fan. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Uh, real quick, um, the speed of the pack is the speed of the leader. And I know before you said that you thought that holding the coachable, coaches accountable, responsible, is a radical idea. Um, here's where I'm kind of coming from. This from years and years of experience. Uh, the coaches are the de facto leaders of these organizations. The parents come with the kids. Yes. You can't separate them. You can't right. separate them. So, so punishing the kids for what the parents do is, is not an option. Right. However, we're also codependent upon these officials. All right, we need good officials. We crave good officials, and they need to be able to officiate. So we need to kind of rely on each other. So your previous caller talked about it. At your parent meetings at the beginning of the season, that's where you lay down the rules and the expectations. But then you also have to tell the parents what the consequences are for when you violate those rules. Of course. And there has to be consequences that people need to know better. What we need to do is we need to create a culture shift inside of sports. And that culture shift, you talked about building that wall. Yeah. That wall has to come from the people who are organizationally involved with it. So, to me, a big part of that starts with the coaches. I understand that that's a big responsibility for our coaches. If some may get turned off and not want to coach, but now we're in a circle. Now we're in a loop. Now, okay, well, if we don't have good officials, we can't play. If we don't have good coaches, we can't play. So maybe at that point, is when parents are going to start getting the message. And I need to kind of calm down. Joe, I agree with what you just said, and, and, and thank you for, for uh, waiting to get on the air to make those points, the good ones. I agree, we do need a major culture shift. Uh, the fact is that in those preseason meetings when the parents come in and, and there's a talk from the coach saying, look, we're going to have you sign a contract and understand if you're out of control during the course of the season, you know, there are going to be rep- repercussions. No, 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 no. That's just a, the a starting point. You have to basically drill into the parents. You understand, we're not kidding here, if you out of control, either we're going to have you ejected from the game by the officials, uh, and you'll be banned for the rest of the season. Not just that one game, but for the rest of the season, because you've now sacrificed the privilege to watch your kid play sports. Uh, If the coach is going to say, look, I'm responsible for parental behavior, and if I have to get involved to get rid of you during the game, then that's going to have repercussions as well. I You know, we have to basically take it back from the, the parents who have this sense of entitlement that they can say whatever they want during the course of watching their kids play. And it has to come from the officials with zero tolerance, which, as you know, I'm a big believer in, or the coaches telling them we're not kidding around. In fact, I would even say that during the middle of the season, there should be a refresher course where, again, it's mandatory mandatory, if you have a kid in the team, you have to be at that meeting, and you're going to be told, look, we have to stop this, otherwise there are going to be some real, real problems here. Uh, I, I do believe it's a good idea for, um, that for uh, you know, as Wayne Mazzoni had uh, emailed me this week, you know, if you think you can do a better job as an official, then you know what, you should just take the course, sign it up for yourself, you know, enroll, and be a ref yourself. And see how that works out, because then you get a much better idea how tough it is to be a game official these days, or ref or umpire. And you know what? That's a really good suggestion. Okay, that's going to do it. 
uh, for me in this edition of this week's Sports Edge. My thanks, big thanks this morning to Kevin Wall and to Steve Aprea. Please stick around for J.J. He's up next. I'll see you next Sunday morning right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.